How is it going, Bears fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Bear Down Podcast, where we talk everything Bears every day of the week. The Bears look to return to practice tomorrow, and today we're here to discuss everything that's gone on in training camp with an eye that has been inside. So welcome back to the show. I am your host, Chris Malpe. Today I am joined with my co-hosts, Par Shaw and Jalen McClinton. How's it going, fellas? It's been an early morning. I had class at 7.30 today, so that was kind of tough. I had a late night too. I was up to like 4 a.m. So like basically, I'm running on zero sleep. But yeah, it's just life of a college student, basically. Uh, same here. I'm just enjoying my day off of uh, class. I didn't, I didn't have class today. So uh, that's about it. Just finishing up some homework and uh, preparing for the weekend. Can't wait to talk some more Bears football. Yeah, let's get right into it. We're also joined today by a Mizzou grad who covers the Bears for NBC Sports Chicago. And he's making me miss places like Gene and Jude's back home right now, but he is here today to talk everything Bears. Welcome back to the show, J.J. Stankovitz. How's it going, man? It's going great, guys. I'm running on the restorative power of a Johnny's Beef Hot Wet <laughs> and uh, ready ready to talk some football. Let's do it. Let's, uh, let's jump right into it. There's definitely a lot to discuss, but uh, I don't think there's a better spot to start than here. You recently wrote that David Montgomery's groin strain exposes a serious flaw in the Bears' backfield. Do you think that they should look to bring in someone like a Spencer Ware? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they should. Um, I, the, the, the thing that kind of opened my eyes was after David Montgomery left practice uh, on Wednesday of this week, I was looking at the Bears' running backs, and I'm like, I don't, I don't think any of these guys is really a running back. Um, Artavis Pierce is probably the most running backy running back, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah. Ederson, they, they, they envision him as a, a gadget guy, a matchup, uh, a good matchup out of the backfield. But, you know, he had those couple of games in New England where he was a he was essentially forced into being the Patriots running back. And he did OK, but I don't think the Bears totally envision him that way. Um, and then Tariq Cohen is much better utilized in different spots um, as kind of a Swiss Army knife for the offense than he is as a, a true number one running back. Uh, I think Ryan Nall has a little bit of upside, but maybe more as an H-back, not necessarily yeah. a, a running back. Then you got Artavis Pierce, who looks like he's got a little bit of burst, a, a little bit of quickness to him, but also is an undrafted free agent who... You know, in in this year when you rookies are not allowed into the building until late July, um, it's going to be really hard for any rookie to really get up to speed, let alone an undrafted free agent. So, yeah, I think you know going in and signing someone off the free agent scrap heap makes sense. You know, you mentioned Spencer Ware. Um, while he only has sixty something carries in the last two years, his knowledge of Matt Nagy's offense kind of makes him a, a natural fit. Mm-hmm. The Bears were to look at a veteran running back to add to that room. Um, and, and look, David Montgomery does not appear to be out for an extended period of time. I think, you know, your worst case is that he's not back by the end of September. Um, but that's kind of, that feels like the extreme here. Okay. What feels more likely is that he'll be back sometime in September, maybe even by week one, uh, you know, based on that tweet that Ian Rappaport had from NFL network on Thursday. So, you know, while, yeah, the Bears seem to have dodged a, a big bullet here in that they they do expect to get their number one running back to play early in the season, um, 
if this happens during the season, what are you going to do? And I think that needs to be a question that is is thrown around Brian Pace's office and, and the Bears' decision makers in the in the coming days. Because I mean, if you want to go and get a veteran, um, you got to go get him now. Yeah. You can't really wait. You you know the the COVID intake testing takes three days, uh, and the Bears would need to get you know get whoever the running back is into practice just to get him in shape. Yeah. And you can't really dawdle on this. If they're going to do it, I think they need to do it quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, abs- absolutely. I mean, the running back room is looking kind of thin right now. Uh, the offense in general is kind of looking thin. But going off of that, you re- recently went on Waddle and Silby um, and expressed that the quarterback competition has been in the favor of Nick Foles. But you voted Trubisky to be the starter uh-huh. in week one. Can you explain your thought process there? Yeah, and it's it's because while Foles, I, I believe, is the slight edge, mm-hmm. just because he's been a little steadier, and that's kind of what you you know to to kind of run it back real quick. What we've seen out of Foles and Trubisky has been, I think, what we thought in that Mitch has had some a handful of good moments, some moments where you go, "Wow, what a great throw!" He's really ripping it, and then a handful of plays where you're just like, "What what in the heck are you doing, dude? Like, <laughs> yeah. why are you running a bounds in a goal line drill? Why are you?" Underthrowing a a go route to Riley Ridley that's picked off by a rookie cornerback who's not Jalen Johnson, um, you know, like like what are you doing? And I think though the the peaks and valleys of Mitch um, put him a little bit behind the maybe more steady performance of Foles, but that's not to say that Foles has been very good. Uh, neither has Mitch. So. I think what why I settled on that is that yeah okay Foles has a slight advantage, but absent of a a blowout, a, a decisive win for Foles, I think the Bears still start the season with Mitch as their quarterback because for you know a couple of reasons. The first one being um, Mitch is really good against the Lions, so yeah. <laughs> if you think you can get him off to a strong start, you play him in Week One. And, you know, hey, all right, let's 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 get you kind of the layup here against a team that you historically do very well against. Uh, and then, you know, you go into week two against the Giants. If he can pass those two relatively easy tests, then maybe he gets some momentum. Maybe he, he keeps his confidence going into a more difficult stretch against the Falcons, Colts, and Buccaneers. But I also think part of the calculus, too, is that just Mitch being the incumbent here, yeah. I think, gives him the edge in a relatively even battle. Um, and then on top of that, it, you know, Nick Foles is, is in his career has been best utilized as a pinch hitter, a guy who steps in, not starts. And I think that's that's probably how the Bears should view this thing. Like, we'll give Mitch one more shot. If he can't do it against the Lions and the Giants, then he's out of there by week three and Foles is in. Uh, but I think because neither quarterback has separated himself, I think you probably keep it with Mitch for now, but he's on a very short leash when the season starts. Taking the Titans like path. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Jim. Uh, okay. So my first, my first question is, uh, you recently said on the triple zero podcast that Jimmy Graham doesn't look like a dude who's over the hill. Should the fans be buying the hype for the 11th year tight end? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think it, it depends on what your definition of hype is though. 
And this is where I, I have been really like I, I said it on that podcast with Josh Buckhalter that uh, Jimmy Graham's been the most impressive player I've seen at camp, and wow. that that holds that that is that's not hyperbole. But I think we probably should just make sure that we're not saying Jimmy Graham is going to go back to being the the Jimmy Graham he was with the Saints and the Seahawks. Like I, I don't see that Jimmy Graham. But I see a Jimmy Graham who can still catch 50 balls, maybe more, um, and hold up for an entire season, which he has done consistently throughout his career, while being a guy who, like, if you got him matched up against a a safety in the red zone, he's going to win that matchup. And it's been really encouraging to see that. And then, I mean, the energy that Jimmy Graham has brought to practice has been very noticeable. Uh, And, yeah, for all those reasons, I, I don't think he he's looked like a guy who's over the hill he looks like a guy who still has something left in the tank and i think that it's just very important that the bears have that u tight end in this offense which they did not have last year they didn't have any tight ends last year um, and i think between jimmy graham at the u and then cole Komet and demetrius harris at the y i think matt Nagy's finally got the ability to use 12 personnel, which he never really has as Bears coach. And mm-hmm. this is something that I've been I've been harping on for months, that this offense has a dimension to it that we have not seen because Matt Nagy has just not had the personnel in place to use two tight ends on the field. He's only really had one year where he's had a usable tight end, and that was Troy Burton in 2018. And the offense was, you know, like league average that year. They're, they're maybe a little bit below that. They're okay. They're fine. Uh, and then last year, the tight end, they don't get anything out of their tight ends, and their offense is terrible, and I don't think that's a coincidence. Yeah. Um, you look at what the Eagles and the Chiefs do with 12 personnel. The Eagles use it more than anyone in the last two years. The Chiefs use it. Uh, only three other teams use it more than the Chiefs. So the, the two closest cousins of this Bears offense use 12 personnel a lot, and the Bears haven't. And I think that that is going to change this year. And I'm, I'm really interested to see if that helps kind of raise the overall performance of this offense more than uh, the quarterback competition might. Yeah, uh, it should be very interesting to see how the tight end room plays out. Uh, it's looking a lot different than it did in 2018 and 19, especially with the addition of Cole Komet. Uh, it, it's looking pretty good. But Heading to another rookie, there's been a ton of talk about Darnell Mooney, the wide receiver who had 993 receiving yards in 2018, 19 touchdowns in college, ran a 4.38 40-yard dash. Seems like he's been pretty impressive during training camp. So, how impressed have you been by his play so far? I've been I've been pleasantly surprised uh, by Darnell Mooney. Just his involvement. I mean, he's he's out there. We're talking about. We're asking about him. And coaches like what they've seen. Uh, I think he's a guy who, again, you know, we kind of need to temper these these great reports in training camp with, like, Darnell Mooney is not going to be the Bears' number two wide receiver this year. If he is, then something has gone wrong. Yes. Uh, what Darnell Mooney is, I, I think, is a good piece to have in your wide receiver room. A guy who you can get on the field in some different ways that you might not have been completely expecting when you drafted him. You might have thought this guy can get on the field just with his speed, um, and we'll use him that way. But he's, he's quick. Uh, he, he's got really good burst to him. 
and he can run different routes. I, I think, you know, coaches talking about how they've been able to kind of test him shows that. And, I, you know, he's a guy who I, I'm not going to say is going to catch 35 passes for, you know, 500 yards this year or anything. But I think as, as a piece in this offense, he can provide something that has been missing. Uh, with just that speed element, that ability to stretch the field, but also a guy who, when he's on the field, you can't always just assume he's going to go deep. And that, I think, has been maybe the most encouraging development about him is that he defenses are going to have to respect what else he can do on the field. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to quickly follow you up on that. Um, Do you think he's going to get more playing time than the other rookies we've drafted so far, like in uh, like rookie wide receivers like Javon Williams and Riley Ridley? It's not going to take much. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Because we didn't play Ridley. Riley Riley Ridley barely played last year. Yeah. Um, And, you know, Javon Williams is a seventh-round pick. Anything you get out of a seventh-rounder in his rookie year is – is kind of a bonus. Um, I think he had four or five targets that year. So yeah, I think Darnell Darnell Mooney definitely eclipses those two guys. Wow. Uh, even it, it may may only be for like the start of the season, and you know, if Bears coaches say, "All right, you know, we liked what we saw in camp, but he's not cutting it in games. We we got to find a different solution." But I think at least at the start of the season, you you, you very well could see that. Okay. I also I have another question for you. There's also been a lot of talk about Roy Roberts and Harris taking over uh, and his opportunities and all those one-on-ones. Do you think Roy Rob breaks out this year? Um, I don't know about, like, breaks out. I, okay. I hate to keep being, like, let's temper expectations, but I'm a reporter and that's kind of, I guess, my job. <laughs> uh, but, I, I, you know, I think, like, Roy Roberts and Harris probably sets a career high in sacks, but that might be five. That might be yeah. six. Uh, a Nick Williams-esque season. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, which would be perfect, right? That exactly. That that would be if Roy Robertson Harris finishes this year fourth in the team on sacks, but sets a career high for sacks. Then this defense is probably done really well. And I, I've always been a fan of Robertson Harris's game. I love just how he uses his length uh, at the line to beat opposing offensive linemen, but also just to stick his hands up and, and deflect passes at the line. I yeah. think that's a, a really good quality of his uh, that I really like seeing show up. And, uh, you know, the the Bears' defensive line is obviously not going to be as good as it would have been had Eddie Goldman not opted out. But between Roy Robertson, Harris, Bilal Nichols, and Akeem Hicks, they've got three really damn good players to start in base and rotate in um, when they go into sub packages, the depth is maybe a little more of a concern than I thought it would be. Um, but, but that being said, I am I'm not going to sit here at any point and wonder if Jay Rogers can actually develop depth on the defensive line because he is a phenomenal position coach who has developed Roy Robert and Nick Williams and Bilal Nichols. Mm-hmm. So why can't he do it again? I, you know, he, he very much can figure this thing out. Um, I, I think Jay Rogers is the guy who gives me the most confidence that this defensive line can, um, you know, kind of shoulder the or absorb the blow of losing Eddie Goldman. Yeah. Jalen, I know you're going to like this next question. This is a player you like. 
<laughs> yeah, I seen it. So uh, switching over from the defensive line of the ball to the offensive line of the ball, Alex Barnes is a player who a lot of us Bears fans, especially myself, have wanted to get a legitimate <laughs> shot uh, for a while. Do you think he makes this 53-man roster? I do. Um, and I know I'm going to take a bunch of crap for it, and I already have taken a bunch of crap for it because I've got the moniker of being the Alex Bars guy on the beat because I covered him when he was at Notre Dame. Oh, Bay. yeah, you're a Notre Dame guy, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but I, it was notable the other day when Matt Nagy said, oh, yeah, we're, you know, we value guys who can play multiple positions on the offensive line um, because in you know, this year you might have a fire drill situation where you need a guy who you weren't expecting to have to go out and play tackle one week when usually he's been practicing a guard. And, I mean, that that's Alex Bars. That's Rashad Coward. I think those guys – are are very much on this team. Uh, let me start over when with talking about Coward. Um, so yeah, like Rashad Coward is going to be on this team, even though he's not really competing with Jermaine Effetti to be Bears starting right guard. He's going to be on this team because he can play tackle and he can play guard, and the Bears really do value that. And, and the same goes for Alex Bars. So I think Alex Bars has a a pretty good shot at being on this team. The one thing that could throw a wrench in it would be if Jason Spriggs is back and healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, the injury, Matt Nagy kind of referred to him as day-to-day, I believe, um, with it. But even if he is, you know, the Bears probably need to carry eight offensive linemen on their 53. And Alex Barr is having some experience playing both guard and tackle in NFL games, even if it was only preseason, does give him a leg up over the the undrafted or the um, late-round draft picks like Arlington Hambright and Lachavius Simmons. Yeah, so uh, just recently this last week we spoke to Zach Pearson and he basically predicted what was going to happen this week happens where he said that Nick Foles was going to hopefully continue to get his feet wet throughout training camp, which would only benefit him moving forward. You recently talked about needing to see one of these quarterbacks, specifically Foles, pulling away if he wants to be the week one starter. We've seen him make a pretty sizable surge this week, so do you think he keeps up the consistency tomorrow at Soldier Field? We'll see. It's it's going to be uh, tomorrow scrimmage at Soldier Field, I think, is going to be the biggest separator, potential separator in this quarterback competition. Uh, and I, I think it's going to give us a really good idea of how coaches are thinking about these two guys and how the team is thinking about these two guys. I mean, the Bears will have not really practiced since Wednesday because of Thursday's practice, you know, players canceling it in the wake of the police shooting at Jacob Blake. And then Friday's practice is always scheduled to be a very light walkthrough. So the the Bears were not, um, you know, going to have anything strenuous on Friday anyway. And then Thursday's practice gets called off. So it's going to be kind of a weird day because the Bears haven't practiced in a couple days. That being said, this is going to be the Bears are going to get. And Matt Nagy had said before all the preseason games were canceled that he was going to put a lot of weight on preseason games. And this that that tells me that this scrimmage tomorrow is going to be the most important data point in this quarterback competition. It's, it may not decide it. But the weight that will be placed on tomorrow's scrimmage will be pretty significant to the point where it, it might start separating one quarterback from the other. 
thing. I wish I could go be go go be there and go watch it. I guess, but you'll be there, right? Yeah, I, I will be there. Yeah, um, we better hear some articles and news. You you will you will see you will read plenty about it. You will hear plenty about it on the Under Center podcast on Monday. Yeah. Um, Watch out gonna, for Hope tomorrow got, night. <laughs> we, we've got it. We're, we're gonna hit, we're, we're gonna have you guys covered. We're gonna take care of you. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so my next question is: Eddie Pinero recently went down with a groin injury, and that led to the team bringing back Cairo Santos for his second stint in Chicago. Uh, this is his second groin injury in a year or so, um, and we have less than two and a half weeks to kick off in Detroit. How much does this injury worry you? Um. It probably worries me a little more than it worried me a week ago when we asked Matt Nagy about Eddie Pinheiro and got a non-answer, and then two hours later they signed Cairo Santos. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's worrying because I have not seen Eddie Pinheiro kick a football in kick. I should say kick a football at the goalposts in training camp, and it's jarring because last year it was like all we were doing was tracking the kickers in training yeah. camp. It was just. What did they do today? What did they do today? What did they do today? And now this year, it's like, where is Eddie? What's going on? Uh, I, I don't think the I, I do think Matt Nagy was being somewhat truthful when he said uh, Santos is brought in mostly as a, a contingency plan because I think the Bears kind of with the same thing with Montgomery. Like they, they realized when Eddie Pinheiro had this groin injury that oh man, like we. What happens if it, you know he comes up with this on Friday during the season? Like, we've got to have someone in our building who can step in and kick field goals for us. Because I remember watching Pat O'Donnell warm up when Cairo Santos actually got hurt during a game in his first stint with the Bears, and uh, Pat O'Donnell is not cut out to be a field goal kicker in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. So the Bears are like, we just need someone who can do it. So I think that's why you go get Cairo Santos here, uh, because he at least is a leg who is kicked in the NFL. I do think it's a little, it's a, it makes me a little bit skeptical though that the Bears cut Ramiz Ahmed um, under the guise of well, you know, we just we didn't have the roster spots on our 80 man roster yeah. uh, because you needed to sign a safety who's probably not going to make the team. Uh, and then, you know, a couple days after, you realize, uh-oh, we got to go get another kicker. That that kind of makes me a little bit skeptical that it is just a contingency plan. Um, we'll see, though. I mean, Saturday will be the last opportunity we in the media will have to see Eddie Pinheiro attempt a field goal in training camp. If we don't see it Saturday, it doesn't mean it's not going to happen next week, but we will not be allowed into practices next week. Uh, so... There's a chance that we might go into the season having never seen Eddie Pinheiro kick a field goal in 2020. Uh, and I've been kind of struggling with this. I'm doing a 53-man roster projection for NBC Sports Chicago on Sunday. And I think I still want Pinheiro. I think he's still going to be my kicker. But I'm not sold on it. I, I There might be a scenario here in which Cairo Santos is the Bears' week one kicker. Yeah. Uh, and the Bears, you know, are just kind of sneak Eddie Pinheiro onto the practice squad. But we'll see. I, I think, you know, it'll be something to track, certainly this week when we're not at practice. We don't actually know what Eddie's doing. Uh, and something we're going to have to be asking the coach about. We're going to have to be ask, asking Matt Nagy about the kickers again because yeah. 
Time is a flat circle. <laughs> so leaning into my next question, uh, one of my favorite rookies in, the, in this whole you know 2020 Bears rookie class is Artavis Pierce, um, an undrafted free agent out of Oregon State. And we've been hearing that he's kind of making a name, a name for himself in training camp. How surprised has he been to you? He's been fine. Um, you know, kind of like I said earlier, he, he looks quick. He looks like he's got, you know, a little bit of burst to him. Um, but it's so hard to tell with these rookies this year. Like, what, like, we don't know what the assignments are, right? Like, oh, the coaches know that. Um, so while from an athletic standpoint, he looks, he looks pretty good. Um, that's also what you saw in Tillman, Oregon State. Is he picking up the assignments? Is he, he doing the right things? Is he winning in pass protection? Um, those are those are all things that matter a lot that aren't going to show up on his highlight film. So, you know, I, I think there are probably some carts being put ahead of some horses with Artavis Pierce. Like, I, you know, maybe he's going to be good. I, I don't remember who it was who, who compared him to uh, uh, Willie Parker. I think I saw, you know, another undrafted free agent who had a lot of success with the Steelers. And maybe the Bears have the next Willie Parker, but most undrafted free agents don't make it. So betting on, if the Bears go into 2020 betting on Artavis Pierce uh, (laughs) to take a significant share of their carries, then they either know something that we don't or they are making a pretty foolish bet. Yeah. Uh, Heading further down the, the running back line, you recently said in an article that you're buying a big bounce back year for Tariq Cohen in 2020. It's probably been one of our most discussed topics here. We all know after a down year in 2019 that Cohen needs to step it up this season if he wants to get paid by the Bears. You obviously wrote that before Montgomery's injury, but following Montgomery's injury, whether or not the Bears bring in someone else, how much of an opportunity does this open up for Cohen? So, you know, in, in that article, I didn't really talk about the run game much, um, if yeah. you notice that. Because I just, I don't, I think, you know, Tariq Cohen can get his and, you know, getting carries, but he's not a guy who's going to, I think, really be, he's, he might see a couple more carries here or there without David Montgomery if he if Montgomery does miss time. But I don't think it's significant. Uh, he is so much better used as that versatile guy uh, who can when you have a tight end or two tight ends on the field and now you motion Cohen out into the slot and all of a sudden the defense doesn't have enough bodies to match up against these guys so someone gets a mismatch that's where Cohen is best used that's where he was used so well in 2018 when he averaged 6.9 yards per touch which I believe was seventh highest in the NFL and he had a little over three yards per route run out of the slot which was third highest among running backs that year behind Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler. Mm-hmm. So he's he's such a good weapon who last year, I really believe last year he got victimized by the Bears. Just I mean, 91 yards led the team in receiving for, their, for the tight ends for the entire season. Like, no team respected the Bears' tight ends at all in their defensive game planning last year, but they respected Tariq Cohen and made sure that he wasn't going to beat them. So... You know, when, when Tariq sums up his 2019 and says, you know, when I motioned out into the slot, when I went out wide, I was getting all DBs. And when I was in the backfield getting handoffs, I was getting hit by a linebacker every time I went in the hole. That is That was part of the flaw of the Bears' offense last year, and it was because they couldn't get any tight ends on the field who defenses cared about. Yeah. And I think this year, the, the whole point of that article was mostly to be like, the Bears' tight ends 
are not just siloed off as, oh, the, the, tight, the tight ends are going to be better and that's it. If the tight ends are better, Tariq Cohen's going to be better. And that, that, I think, is a really encouraging thing to look forward to here is that I think Matt Nagy can use Tariq Cohen the way he wants to use him again if the Bears can get you know, Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet and Demetrius Harris rolling on the field on Sundays. I mean, yeah, he did have like over 700 yards in 2018. So hopefully we can get going the ball more and the open field. That'd be a huge boost to this offense. Um, so my last question is, there seems to be a legitimate competition at strong safety between Gibson and Bush. How have the two strong safeties looked so far? And do you think Bush has a chance to be named the week one starter? They, they look pretty good. Um, and it's sort of what we knew about both guys. Like Bush is a, he, he's a, a hard hitter. Who's physical? Mm-hmm. Who can who can really kind of stick his nose in the run game, uh, and isn't afraid to physically match up against some really physical tight ends. On the other hand, what we saw from Tashawn Gibson so far is that he's a guy who's got a pretty good knack for picking the ball, and I, I think that uh, Bush Bush has a really good chance to start Week One though. And I don't think anyone should be surprised if he does because he, he and Eddie Jackson have been together now. Well, they haven't played together much. They've just been in the same meeting room now for four years. And I, I think that counts for something this year. Like just knowing how each other operate, it's even if, again, you haven't really played together much, just that knowledge of each other, that knowledge of how to communicate with each other is really important when Tashawn Gibson didn't meet Eddie Jackson in person until August, yeah. late late July. So that I, I really think that matters here. I think probably if you if you ask me who's going to start more games for the Bears, I think it'd probably be Tashawn Gibson. But I think that Deion Bush really might start Week One. Also, uh, Gibson missed the last practice we were allowed into, which was Wednesday. He wasn't there with an injury. Uh, Matt Nagy didn't sound too concerned about it, um, but we'll kind of keep track of that on Saturday. If uh, if Gibson's not out there on Saturday, and that does the regular season and all of a sudden, you're talking about Deion Bush just kind of winning by default. Yeah. So uh, as the season nears, we're kind of getting a lot of flashbacks from the 2018 season where we pretty much think the defense is going to mainly be a, a key in us winning a lot of games. So um, as, like I said, as the season nears, what is your prediction on the 2020 Bears? I think, I think I've settled on seven. Uh, I downgraded that from 10-6, which is my initial uh, and have... Well, that'll pretty much do it for this one. J.J. Stankovic, thank you for joining the show, my friend. I hope I didn't bring you guys down too much. No, but uh, if you guys want more from J.J., do us a favor. uh, Go follow him on Twitter at J.J. Stankovic. We're also going to put a link in his description to uh, all of his articles on NBCSportsChicago.com. And just in case you guys missed it there at the end, first off, I'd like to apologize. The audio was a little bit rough throughout that. But uh, he did say he thought the Bears were going to go 9-7. and seven. But be sure to check out all of JJ's stuff because he does some incredible work. If you want more content from us, you can head over to our website, beardown.com. 
We're posting content, articles, blogs, columns, whatever you want uh, to see a ton of extra content over there on our website. Also, I would like to say subscribe if you haven't, if you're here, if you made it to this part in the episode. We're so close to 2,000 subscribers, and we're trying to hit it before the end of the season. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at Bear Down. We post a ton of exclusive content on there. And you can find the link to me, Parth, and Jalen's social media pages down in the description. Those are some great follows as well. Second time having JJ on. Uh, definitely trumps the first. He had some great stuff to say. Parshaw, Jalen McClinton, any final words? Yeah, I love having JJ. He's a great, great Bears reporter. He's a well put together and everything. Uh, I mean, he did say the Bears aren't going to be as good as everyone thinks, well, as Bears fans think. So, guys, I wouldn't be too excited about the Bears just yet. Uh, I think we need to see how they can perform, especially with both quarterbacks struggling. The defense is there, but like you said, defense doesn't win championships no more. Uh, the last decade, it's just been offense, offensive championships. So, it's going to get tough here if things don't go well with the offense, but let's hope Matt Nagy can make it right. Yeah, same. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we can we can prove JJ wrong. But um, other than that, bear down and stay safe. Bears fans, thank you for tuning in. We're gonna keep trying over the next couple weeks to get some more great interviews for you guys leading up to the season. We're just as excited as you all are. It's been a pleasure to be your host once again. My name is Chris Malpe. Bears fans, do us a favor as always: stay safe and bear down. We'll see you in the next one. Peace. <laughs>